0: Hi, I'm Kerr and I'm Maggie Breton. Welcome to Deal With It, our podcast series on business and deals. In this episode, we share Maggie's talk with the Imperial College Executive MBA students. The discussion is about changing careers and disruption in the deals market. Thanks to Fiona Sanford and George Stamboli for the invitation. Here we go. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Maggie. Maggie. Yes. Hello. Thank you. Hi. For coming. Hi. Uh, just- <coughs> so, when I saw on LinkedIn that they went and spoke at LPS, I decided it was a very good uh um, <laughs> <laughs> to bring it over here. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, it's not quite morning. Afternoon, everybody. Um, so, Maggie Breton was a partner at KPMG there for 23 years. Um, 20 of those years as a deal advisory practitioner. Uh, at the end of my career, I was a partner there, the head of UK Transaction Services, uh, on the board of KPMG. Uh, and in my day job, I did deals, I did the in-deal piece of deals. So the diligence, the synergies, actually getting the deal done. Uh, and my sectors were mainly industrial and farmer. Uh, but I also have quite a broad range across different sectors because I also did the takeover or the defence of UK-listed PLCs. So there's <laughs> a whole different regime for their takeover uh, and that was one of my specialties. So that led me to do really great, big, global, complex deals. So I'm one of the co-founders of EOS Deal Advisory uh, and the other co-founder is Eda, who does apologise for not being able to be here. But let me just do Ina's introduction. Um, so she is also 20 plus years at KPMG, but she's a, a little more adventurous and international than me. I got all the way out of Yorkshire down to London, which is quite far enough. Thank you very much. Um, but Ina is Brazilian, uh, but actually lives in Denmark because she married a dame uh, and has worked in France, in Germany, in Brazil, in Denmark uh, and in the UK. So, And she does the post-deal piece, traditionally, of the deal. So super complementary. So she does the complex carve-outs, the integrations, the stand-ups. And her sectors are oil and gas, chemicals, consumer, and then a bit of industrials as well. So really great complementary skills. Ina and I have known each other. We were trying to work it out, but it's sort of 10, 15 years. Long enough. And really focus on... How did we make a decision to change careers? Uh, What were the sort of challenges around doing that, but also setting up EOS? And then talk a little bit about the deal market, what we see happening in the deal market and some of the disruption uh, we hope to to generate within that deal market. I knew I was going to change, and I think everybody within all of our generations really have the opportunity to change careers now, because, because you can, and you can be successful. And it was a few years ago, and I was walking to work in Canary Wharf. And I was kind of just thinking, and I asked myself the question, God, are we really going to do this for the next five, ten years? And before I could think, my gut was screaming, no, 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 no. And it really scared me, because my mind, the rational part of me, was I've got a great career. I've worked really hard to get to the position that I'm in. Um, although my parents don't really understand what I do, they're very proud of what I do. There's a certain level of status that I have in society, in my groups. So my, the brain, the rational, was suppressed, was suppressed suppress that thought, Maggie. And so I did, and I carried on. But I knew in my heart of hearts that there was, I wanted to change, that I wasn't happy. And so the biggest learning for me around how is it that I could switch careers was that reconciliation between the gut and the mind, the emotion and the rational. And it takes time. And it took me a number of years to allow that to bubble up. And then Ina reminded me and said, I remember you ringing me when you'd done this walk after we'd made our decision to leave. And he said, oh God, it was like a weight was off my shoulders and I was just, no worries. And I just thought, yes, this was absolutely the right decision. But before it, people come up and ask me for career advice. And what should I do? What do I want to do? And I was always a bit stuck because I thought, I'm really struggling to answer that question myself. So it wasn't until I, I got this clarity and got this reconciliation that I could make these decisions. So then we thought, what do we do? Right, because, and I'm not advocating that you leave your job not knowing at all what you're going to do. But it worked for us. And then we could think, what are we going to do? We thought, as a good mathematician, so a degree in maths, I thought, oh, we should think of this like a Venn diagram. <laughs> I on one side, I, I, I'm happy to be the sad mathmo. I'm, I'm really happy. On one side of the Venn diagram is what you really like doing. Right, so, w- so what is it that we love doing? We knew that we still loved doing deals, even after twenty years of doing deals, which are quite hard work. I still I love them. I love the intellectual challenge. Uh, I love all the different people that you get to meet, all the different businesses that you have to go and really understand. Uh, I knew disruption was coming to this market, and I knew it involved technology, and I really wanted to be. You know, one of the people driving that. So, we we were really clear on what we liked. But it's kind of no good if you really like doing something, but nobody wants it. So, you've got to the other side of the Venn diagram is the market demand, right? Uh, And so, we went out to the market and spoke to absolutely loads and loads of people. Firstly, to figure out the market but also with a recognition that we've been 20 years, both of us, in the same organization. Right? And that's an institutional bubble. And everybody we've met, even though it's really different people, I'm meeting them you know, as a big four partner, and that gives a certain level of interaction. So it was really important to get out there and broaden out our horizons. So we went out and met loads of different types of people, sort of little 22-year-old internet guru, startup guru who just looked at us like we were their mother. But anyway, uh, all the way through to sort of very established you know, captains of industry and got lots of advice uh, in between. But we also went to see our clients uh, and spoke to a lot of corporates, so FTSE 100s, and a lot of large cap private equity and spoke about deals and spoke about advisors. And it became very clear that they did want change that the way deals happen does need to change to be able to create the value. You know, there is a stat that's out there that two-thirds of deals do not create value. And that's been pretty consistent for a really long time. So it's got to change. They really wanted consistent quality. They didn't feel that they were getting that in the market. So we felt pretty good about this because we got two pieces of the Venn diagram and there was a significant overlap. So from there starting EOS became relatively obvious. And then we thought, well, hang on, let's slow ourselves down. Some people are already, there is change in the market. We've got new entrants in the market. Just, just as an aside, we never thought of going to another big four because part of that reconciliation of the gut and the, that's the change that I wanted to make. And to be honest, none of them were really doing what we wanted to do. They weren't doing the disruption that we wanted and they weren't necessarily having the culture that we wanted to develop so so then we sort of reconfirmed that yes setting up on our own and going for it was the right thing to do and Ina said something I often remember is let's not even think about the destination let's just really focus on enjoying the journey and I thought yes that is exactly the attitude that we need to have here both you know and I uh, and pretty much everybody we know are big 20 years big institutions big corporates. How do you do it? Well actually it's not that hard. So the sort of physicality of setting up a business was nowhere near as hard as I thought it was going to be. Okay, we got some funding. We found out that in the UK VC funding for women founded businesses, 1%. 1% of VC funding goes to women founded businesses. In the US it is a lot better. 2%. (laughs) But we got um, a couple of guys who, like us, come out of a large corporate consultancy, set up their own business 10, 15 years ago, uh, really deep into telecoms uh, and in the Spanish-speaking world. And what they wanted to do was get into deals. And we know deals. They had money. Perfect synergy. So they became our investors. Then we went and got an office. And you think, yeah, how the hell do you go and get an office? But you just find the right person, you go see three or four offices. I tell you, you work it out really quickly, and it's dead obvious. It's like buying a house. You know when you buy the house and you kind of walk in, you're like, oh, this is the one. Office is exactly the same. So the recruitment was not anything like as difficult as we thought because people were absolutely begging for this change. People really wanted to work some, somewhere different. People felt like Ina and I that there was real change in the air and the opportunity to, to disrupt was there. The great thing is, you could set it up how you want it. We could change everything. It wasn't that we had to fit, try and fit into a large corporate's way of doing stuff. And we have. We've changed absolutely everything. And anything that comes to us from a sort of process thing, we look at it and go, stop. And go on, well, how do we really want to do this? How is it going to suit us, not just the way that we've known? So that has been a super level of freedom to design our own business. We've got you know people who do synergies, people who do financial diligence, who are doing um, IT tech stuff, are doing finance setup, all that sort of stuff. The other thing that was unexpected for me that's a little bit of a challenge is the exposure as individuals. So both the public and the professional. So the public, as I said before, I am well, well tucked into my 40s. So I'm not on Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram. And I did LinkedIn under extreme duress uh, because it was business. Um, And so now having this exposure in the press and uh, uh, and particularly on social media is a very different thing for me to get used to from a personal aspect. And then also the exposure from uh, from a professional point of view is very different. Being one of sort of 600 plus partners in a big four, is very different from being one of two. And that level of exposure is very different. Now, we're quite enjoying it, and I would highly recommend, if anybody's thinking of setting up a business, being one of two is is very exposing. I can't imagine one of one. I could not, and I know know Noena says the same, we could not have done EOS, either of us, on our own. Now we're out there, and we're in the market, uh, and we've overcome all of these challenges that actually we thought were mountains, but actually some of them were just small hills, and it was just a matter of learning and getting over it. In a deal, you're thinking about uh, the pricing, how much does it uh, meet my strategic needs, what are my synergies, what are the cost reductions, but what you're not really thinking about is the execution and the execution risk, and what, how will I actually deliver this value? because Ina and I have worked together for so long is to bring that post deal in a much deeper and broader way into the in deal and that will be part of the education of the market because people say well we don't know enough to do the target operating model and we're like you do we do know how to do this and it's about having that breadth across the capabilities so the functions, the finance, the procurement the operations Um the HR, et cetera, and it's having people, senior people, who have really done this in real life, not theorists, who are really good at a spreadsheet. So, that that's a really big difference. The other piece we want to bring in is technology. Again, you would not believe how ad hoc, and I'm being polite, technology, use of technology in deals is, all right? So, you think about all that big data that's out there, uh, all the efficiencies that could be driven, in the deal sense, that has really not come to the fore. And so Ina and I, very early on, knew that one of our absolute musts for EOS is to give our 20 years experience and everybody else that we employ to the computer to build up this knowledge bank, to build up this way of doing deals that then allows for a number of things, that consistent quality that clients want, you can start to get that. You can bring different people into the deal and have more time to think about different things around how you're going to deliver the value and how you're going to create the value. And the reason why these sorts of deals that are very complicated can now happen and corporates have this opportunity to tidy up in this way is because of the private equity and the change in the private equity market. So everybody knows they have a huge wall of cash. And they're getting more adventurous with that cash. So they are going into sectors that they wouldn't traditionally go into. They're going in for longer, which allows them to do more complex things. And they're looking at these businesses that aren't just all ready to go. They're prepared to do the stand-up. So for us, that gives us a great deal flow. And then the other big bucket... Uh, of deals that we see is the take private and 2019 was one of the highest years of take privates within the UK So, and again it's the private equities taking, so advent taking Cobham for example is probably one of the highest profiles and these deals traditionally they used to take it private, give it a bit of a restructure, give it a little bit of a squeeze and then send it off again either relist it or sell it on but actually now it's about some of the parts. So you're taking these private and it's a breakup because there are better owners for the different pieces of these businesses that have kind of come together historically through acquisition. So those are the two sorts of, of uh, buckets of deals, if you like, that we really see that we're going to go after. Uh, and then the third piece is the culture. But deals are about people and, and, and you need good, talented people to do good deals. So how do you attract them? And speaking to uh, a lot of younger people, they are the attraction of that sort of blue chip firm, of that more traditional career is just not there for them. Uh, Because they don't see it as an environment, an inclusive environment. They don't see it as an environment where they're really going to get stretched and learn and have the freedom to try out new stuff. So that's the culture that we're building in EOS, because that's what we want as well. This is a thing. For me, everything is, nothing is a generational thing, because I want that. I want the inclusive culture. I want to learn. I want to be stretched. That's why I keep coming back to deals, because that's what happens on the deal when you're working in a great team. It's one of the best things uh, uh, about doing EOS has been that overwhelming positivity in the business community. Everybody thinks it's all quite sharp elbows and what have you. But I'm meeting more and more people who can see the win-win. So we are very much pairing up with people who have got something to offer on a deal that either we don't do or I haven't got that capability as yet. And we'd be more than happy to take go to market together. So that includes strat houses, includes investment banks, you know, people the investment bank would never go to market, you know, with one of the big four. But they're more than happy with us because they can see this where this win-win is. And that has what has been the really great change. Why do you need a big four stamp on a piece of due diligence? Well, it's assurance, it's risk management it's to get the debt funding. Okay, and that's the sort of finance traditional financial due diligence very historic, very looking for black holes and it's not really we don't spend that time looking at the value, looking at the future how's this actually going to get executed okay well thank you My name is Fiona Sanford and I'm Director of Strategic Projects at Imperial College Business School. No matter how much case studies, how many case studies, how much theory we talk about, unless you can hear it from someone who has been through uh, an interesting and challenging journey, um, the impact is so much greater and Maggie's a great storyteller and listening to the story was Um, It was fascinating and really brought to life a lot of the things that we've been discussing. So my name is George Stamboulis and I'm in the consulting industry. It's a very important factor to have culture and diversity within the firms, um, which um, I think large corporations realize it, but it's very hard for the trickle down effect to happen. My name is Elizabeth Alamina and I am the customer and partner director at Oxford University Press. And it was really great to hear Maggie speak today, especially seeing an empowered woman starting her own business as a relatively young person in her career. It's really inspiring to hear from someone who's been able to leverage her experience and get out there on her own. And really that talk about changing the culture is something that I hope to see more people take on board in the future. Emil... I'm I'm leading the product design innovation for PepsiCo West Europe. I think it's very exciting to see this new lens um, of having a mission-led, um, a transformational purpose, uh, not just for the business itself, but for the industry. I thought that was very powerful uh, and also, ver- also very inspirational about how they had the decision moment uh, they reflected on the decision, they took that choice and then went on in the market and, and found a lot of traction. So I think that's a really powerful way of going about uh, making that choice and then starting with a clear traction and dedication in a, in a pursuit of a pur- purpose. So my name is Haya Khaled. I'm from Saudi Arabia and I'm the director of the Saudi premarital screening program. For me to see her talking about her experience and how she took risk is very impressive. Uh, maybe not a lot of people are bold and courageous to do this big move. I'm Jack Tang. Uh, the company I work for is Arcadis, and I'm a senior project manager. So I think it's a positive that they have um, both have ventured out, started their own organisation, um, and you know, at the end of the day, I hope all the success from them, and I hope that it's potentially... Um, Uh, a bit of a a driver for all the other individuals that potentially wants to start a business in similar environments as well, so I think that's been great. My name's Sam Bonner and I work for a marketing consultancy called White Marble. Firstly as a woman seeing um, another sort of strong female starting up uh, their own company about acknowledging culture change working with a different team of people and building something collaboratively because so often you fit into a culture rather than build it yourself so it's really interesting to get that insight from it.